Hey, before we start, check it out. We need your help. Please follow the Efficient Startup Podcast and leave a five-star review. As you know, we're really new, so if you're just joining us this early, let's work together to get this podcast to Apple's trending page and spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. And now, to the show. Welcome to The Efficient Startup Podcast, powered by Bound. We interview the hottest young entrepreneurs, influencers, and creators, and take you through their day-to-day to learn how they maximize their time to make the most of their everyday. I'm Victor Liu, and check out more of what we do at joinbound.com. Trust me, you'll be genuinely surprised. That's joinbound.com. On our show today, how Elliot Choi built his YouTube empire within just a couple of months from filling a need he found within the YouTube community. A couple years ago, it'd be crazy to believe YouTubers today would accumulate worldwide success. Even today, you would really have to be one of the lucky few to reach the 100,000 subscriber mark for the coveted YouTube silver play button plaque. Even fewer achieve that within a few months. What garnered YouTuber success is creating truly stunning videos that is so conceptually unique, people have to click. And for Elliot Choi, he saw a problem with the lack of YouTube videos who cover the lives of a typical person on college campuses. Even when I was about to enter college, I couldn't figure out for the life of me what I'd be getting into. For Elliot, he just started with one video. A day in my life at Vanderbilt University. And from there, his channel has been climbing the ranks ever since. So I'm currently a rising junior. Um, I go to Vanderbilt University in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm majoring in business. And uh, right now, like for the summer, I'm here in New York working on an internship, working for influencer marketing startup. And usually what I'm doing is going to school, but on the side, I'm working on a YouTube channel. And that revolves around college, my life, um, some entrepreneurial stuff as well, mm-hmm. uh, just stuff that I'm interested in. And yeah, I'm really into like social media, influ- influencer marketing, and all that jazz. Awesome, awesome. Elliot's super humble here, but <laughs> he did not mention his uh, YouTube channel actually has over 140,000 subscribers and it is growing a lot, really fast. And he only started it, what, like four months ago, right? A little longer, like closer to seven. Wow. Six or seven, yeah. Closer to seven months, and just to grow a platform like that is super impressive. And were you always you know, super into like video and film and yeah. doing these lifestyle videos? Yeah, so videography, I started learning about a year ago, last summer in New York, actually. And then photography, I've been at it for a few years now. I started in my sophomore year of high school. I started taking photos with my friend's iPhones. Yeah. And eventually I borrowed my sister's camera. It was just like really fun. And then I kind of like used it to grow on social media. And that led to working with brands and working with clients and oh it was my. like a really interesting journey honestly I was trying to just like get like stuff on Instagram yeah like pretty photos no but I really fell in love with it and it's like kind of shaped the path that I'm on now which is wow. crazy to think about wow and that's just super impressive to think about it's that you started super young and obviously you sort of stumbled upon it like anyone else would like me who I would say I'm nowhere near your level with social media you just you know like posting a lot of pictures but when you were a sophomore in high school what was sort of the, the transition for you in saying I like posting pretty pictures yeah and then 
taking that leap to getting a camera, learning photography, and starting working with clients? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a, it's not like I had a light bulb moment or anything. It was more of like a natural progression. But you did mention real quick about like <laughs> social media. I didn't really realize what I was doing with Instagram the first time around. Like I knew, oh, use these hashtags and use this content strategy, but I didn't really know that it had a name to it until I started doing YouTube pretty recently. I was like, oh, like those hashtags I use, it's not just because like you're supposed to use hashtags, it's actually like SEO in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, or like the content strategy, you know, like posting at the right time, it's, it's about like audience engagement and retention, not about just, wow. just like about the time. So like wow. in the moment, it was, oh, let me just go with the flow, try to get my followers up. But in hindsight, it's pretty interesting to see how like those are my roots and I can really put some name and strategies wow. to the stuff that I do now, which is kind of interesting, yeah. That's really interesting that, you know, as a sophomore in high school, right, you weren't really thinking you were doing business. It was, yeah, and yeah. all these like best practices that we know now on Instagram through like reading True. guides, right? You were just sort of doing because you wanted likes <laughs> and you thought, hey, every time I put a couple more hashtags on yeah. these posts, it gets X number more likes. I can't take all the credit. I'm, I was not A-B testing everything. <laughs> um, no, I had a lot of friends who were also in that space and just taught me a lot of things. So a lot of people learning and growing wow. from that. Yeah. Su no, super great. From this story, right? It's pretty obvious you started out as a hustler at a really young age and growing up freelance photography service in high school is is crazy but going yeah like during high school how did you sort of juggle this with you know being a student we're a good student first of all no I wasn't even like <laughs> top student in my school I make content related to college so a lot of time people are, are asking me about like oh like how do I get good grades and like how do I take notes and I'm like Yo, I don't know <laughs> I'm sorry no I'm not the person to go to for that mm -hmm. no but I've been pretty good about like juggling a lot of things a lot throughout my entire life. And I guess I kind of started in high school with doing all that stuff. My parents were always, oh, you're going going to like go on a one hour shoot with this model for this weekend. <laughs> and they'd be like, that's a pretty long time. And I'm like in my head, like in hindsight, like, yeah, that's not really a long time at all. Being in that student environment, there's a lot of pressure just to be like doing school. Right, right, and it's so easy as a, you and I know as a student to just sort of follow the normal yeah. you know progression of a student, just get good grades in school, get mm -hmm. to a good college. It does take a lot of you know willpower and forcing best practices in terms of finding that yeah. time, right? What I'm doing was easy. I was just going out and taking photos. That's fun. Like building a business? No, that's nah. that's different level. No, but yeah, yeah. I, I think what we share is that, you know, when you're, you know, going out with these models, you're prioritizing, you're seeking new opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. What was the mindset? Like, did you sort of first, did you build this mindset from a really young age that, you know, like I could do what I do with school, get good grades, mm -hmm. but in my spare time, I need to, you know, maximize the yeah. time I spend. And how did you come across sort of setting up these systems? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it didn't really start with photography. It was when, probably around my senior year of high school, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to prove it to myself more than anything because the pressure of colleges was gone and I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do more than coast through school and whatnot. I had some of my best grades, like senior year, second semester, and I started like reselling and flipping online. And that was like what really convinced me. When I got a taste for that, I realized, oh, I can do so much outside of school and outside of what mm -hmm. people are telling me is just like all you have to do. There's a lot of time to really invest in things that you think are important. It's all about wow, like wow. prioritizing. Yeah. Wow, and yeah, it's super clear that from a young age, what you really found was your sense of being super individualistic. And when you did uh, you know, graduate high school with good grades, got into Vanderbilt, 
What sort of things did you set up for yourself where you were thinking you have to follow the same mindset within college as well? And you know, I know it's easy yeah. as incoming freshmen, right, to just say I'm just going to get good grades. And especially with a school like Vanderbilt or a top school like that, where good grades there could get you a stable job, right? What was um, the motivation for you to start doing other things and how do you yeah. stumble upon YouTube? So going into college, I was moving away from reselling. I did a little bit like freshman year, first semester. Second semester, I really started to think of like more scalable models of the similar thing, which was like e-commerce and selling things, selling products online. Mm -hmm. um, so I really got into this thing called Amazon FBA, Amazon Fulfillment by Amazon, basically private labeling products from China, I, honestly, second semester of college, uh, freshman year, I'd go to class, go to the library, grind out on my business like for hours and hours and hours, and then like mm -hmm. whatever time I had left over, what I spent on other things. But yeah, I, I guess like that that spirit of entrepreneurship from high school of like reselling and flipping kind of carried over into college too. And I realized the college is an amazing time like yeah. to experiment and have you have the freedom, but really just. Do, do plenty of other things like this is my first summer working full-time compared to full-time you have so much time in college <laughs> all you have to do is class and homework you know like that's yeah. and that sounds like a lot um, when you're a student if you take a step outside it's you know you have a lot of other responsibilities the the freedom to do other things is really awesome um, and then wow. and talking about YouTube I guess like that was about seven months ago so sophomore year about halfway in I was putting out a few videos before, like that was when I made my first video, like that's public right now. That wasn't my first video ever. I had experimented with other wow. videos before. But yeah, basically what happened was my first video was a day in the life at Vanderbilt. And yeah. basically it was like a showcase of my student life at my college. The reason I made that video was because there wasn't a video from my school that was super, super popular. And I saw like there were a few, but not none mm -hmm. that were super popular. I yeah. saw other schools of similar caliber had similar videos that had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. Okay. And so I was wow. like, oh, well, there's clearly a demand for this in terms of the supply. There's no video from my school. So why don't I go ahead and like awesome. make one? Yeah. That was the one video that triggered everything. I, that video has over a million views now as my first hardcore, let me give this a shot video. And yeah, I rode that wave and <laughs> I'm still riding that. Yeah. And it's been a pretty crazy ride for the past few months. That's super amazing. And just want to step back to, you know, talk about about, you know the progression to get to you know your YouTube channel and you know now that you're investing a lot of time into it right yeah can you really look back and say that what sort of shaped what you're doing now was it whole progression of you know building up your photography skills yeah. getting contacts in the creator <laughs> space yeah sort of what what shaped you being so passionate about YouTube now and being able to dive yeah in? it's a combination of everything that has led up to this which is you know this is still just one step in my journey but because I was really into photography that's like the creative side of me and I learned how to use a camera really well because I tried e-commerce I, I kind of learned like the business side and basically what the strategies that I used on uh, Amazon to get my product on the first page same strategies I use for my YouTube videos to get that on the first page of my keywords whatever it may be so all that combined, I feel like has kind of accumulated toward this YouTube journey, which That's... has been amazing. But at the same time, it's like, I love making the videos. And another important lesson I learned from Amazon was you have to enjoy the journey. This is such a cliche, but yeah. it's not about the 
It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. <laughs> it's so true though, like it's yeah. a cliche for a reason. I wasn't in love with what I was doing with Amazon. It was mostly mm -hmm. Excel spreadsheets and just picking out data and stuff, which I was mostly enjoying that because it was for a end goal. Yeah. And I realized it's really important to just enjoy what you're doing. Wow. It's good to have those end goals, but you gotta enjoy what you're doing along the way or else when you reach the end goal, you won't be motivated anymore because that's what you've been aiming for the whole time. And on top of that, if it's a big goal, you probably won't even make it because you have to have a little bit more than just, oh, I want that over here. Definitely. Day. And it's super interesting that you bring up the business approach that you take because, you know, a lot of business, and I'm sure from your Amazon reselling, is measuring a lot of KPIs, right? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of metrics you're trying to look for. Right. You know, whether you're getting the amount of engagement through your ads, and what kind of metrics. And overall, when we build businesses, we have these end goals. But would you say that YouTube is a bit different from that in terms of are there goals that you set for yourself for how many views you should hit for each video yeah. and how many subscribers you should have at the end of each quarter? How do you, yeah. what's your approach to that? That's a good question. It's about balance. I've set goals for myself when I was at 50K. I was like, oh, let me hit 100K subscribers or whatever, right? And it helped me get there. But once I hit it, I actually had a little bit of a dip of motivation because I was like, oh, I hit this. Wow. So it's, it's about balance, having that goal to drive you there, but making sure that it's not weighted too heavily so that when you actually achieve it, you don't just say like, okay, well, I'm here now. Totally so amazing. it's about that balance. Also, I guess specifically for YouTube, you don't really want to be like, I want this video to hit X amount of views. It is somewhat if you want your channel to grow, but two things. Number one, if you have good content, if you're patient, then the views will come. That's what another huge thing I've realized. Going too fast, it's not even a good thing because think about friends that come and go, just as likely to fall gotcha. just as fast. So I'm actually on the side of like, you know, growing slow but steady and just focusing on your content mm -hmm. to really drive growth, not just growth for the sake of growth. One thing I wanted to know is, it's so tough, right, as a YouTuber sometimes, where you know, you're still pushing out good content yeah. and you might not be getting or hitting the views that you were a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. What sort of outlook do you have on, on YouTube in terms of saying, what I am is just a content creator at heart, and if I'm pushing out good content, then I should be happy with myself, right? A lot of people do struggle with trying to just chase views too strictly. What would you give advice to people like that, in terms of just sticking true to yeah. what they're trying to do? Like like I said, there are, I know a lot of case studies of just like creators who have amazing content and it took them years to really pop off. And usually with the way YouTube's algorithm works, it does reward good content. So just like really focusing on your your content and like making sure that it is something that you're proud of is really, really important. Wow. Part of me is creative, part of me is business. I do value views and whatnot. I have said for, I've planned out videos and said, oh, this video will hit 100K. And actually every video that I've said, this is a 100K potential video, yeah. has hit 100K. I've gotten pretty good at like kind of figuring that out. But really it's about that balance. Mm -hmm. It's good to be motivated by it, but at the same time, don't worry too much because if your content's good, the growth will come. That's really awesome advice for you know any creators out there. And because you know we're all about learning any productivity tips, especially in your stage, it's super interesting to know that. From four months in, there was a video that you posted that how many subscribers did you hit at four months? I think I hit 50K in like three or four months. Right, right. And yeah. then you just skyrocketed from there. Almost like you tripled what you had since that time. And throughout this, I'm sure it was a huge learning process, especially for you who mm -hmm. started so early, hit success so early, and just trying your best ride yeah. that wave. And I'm sure there's a lot of times where you try to squeeze in every right. bit of learning that you can. What are some tips to pick up a new skill like this? And especially for you, what kind of good habits do you build in to try to pick up as much as possible? Uh, that's a good question. I honestly, it comes down to priorities. I have a lot of priorities in my life and a lot of things I want to do. I want to do YouTube, uh, school, I want to go work out, spend time with friends. And at a certain point in time, your list gets too long mm -hmm. and you have to pick and choose how you allocate your time. And it's tough 
but one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the past few months is you have to figure out, as important as it is to set your goals, you have mm -hmm. to figure out what you're willing to sacrifice to get those goals as well. Wow. It's not realistic to say, I'm going to get to X without sacrificing Y because you do have to move things around on that list. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about balance. So the more balanced you are, the better. But it's not realistic to just say, I want to do it all. And I'd say that I want to do it all. I think in college, you can almost yeah. do it all. Uh, but when you're working full time job, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really difficult. It's possible. It's not likely. So it's just about finding that balance for yourself and wow. prioritizing. Yeah, that's really awesome. And you know, one thing I see with a lot of people like you who are super individualistic and have higher ambitions than what's sort of paid for them, right? What do you personally do to try to stick to those ambitions? And what can you give to yeah. anyone listening for advice to yeah. choose yourself as a creator, yeah. right? And chase your ambitions and really look for the larger vision of, of what you want to do. What yeah, I have tips and motivation all the time. And yeah. it's really just about taking some time out of your day, every week, every two weeks, maybe it's once a month, sitting back and think, where do I want to be in a year or two years? Long-term vision is good. I always say start with the long-term vision of what your dream life is and understanding that you really only get one shot to live your dream life and, and to work towards it, but then work back from there. So in order to live that life consistently, where do I need to be in a year? Where do I need to be in a month? Or where do I need to be next week? And it's breaking that down and just taking a step back and really thinking about that every two weeks, every month has been so valuable for me. I definitely recommend it. Wow, Elliot, you have big dreams, man. And that's what I love about you. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And for anyone that don't know you, where can they find you? Elliot Choi on Instagram or YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Hit this guy up, man. And thank you so much and yeah. take care. Thanks for having me. That was YouTube creator Elliot Choi. By the way, Elliot will be spending the rest of his summer in New York working in marketing at an early stage startup. He recently released an awesome new apartment tour video and he plans to still actively grow his account this summer. Also, we're doing something pretty cool. Get featured on our Instagram story by leaving a 5-star review and a comment to this podcast. Just don't leave anything too weird, guys. I, Just kidding. I, I still feature you, though. You can find our Instagram at the handle at getbound. I'd be so grateful. And if you're curious about what we do, check out our website at joinbound.com. Now, I promise you're going to be genuinely surprised. Thank you to Bam SRO for producing the podcast this week. And this was the Efficient Startup Podcast, powered by Bound.